You've probably heard the phrase, what you see is what you get. If you go to buy a used car, the salesman might tell you, okay, here it is, what you see is what you get. And he's assuring you that, you know, even though maybe the car's got some dents and some scrapes, maybe the car has seen better days, he's assuring you there's no other hidden defects. What, what you're looking at is exactly what you're going to get. And if you buy that car, you'll be comfortable. You'll be okay with it, knowing that you are getting exactly what you saw. What you see is what you get. But what if that salesman said to you, what you don't see is what you get? What if he said to you, okay, how about you pay me some money and then I'll drive a car over and it'll be all yours. Oh, but you can't see it first. We'd be thinking, are you insane? There's no way I'm going to do that. You could totally rip me off. How will I know what I'm going to get? Not doing it. Naturally, before buying something, we, we probably want to at least see it. We want to know that what we see is what we get. We feel comfortable when we can verify something with our own eyes. Now, this could be a problem for us because when it comes to God, what have you seen? Ever seen God? Have, have you ever seen Jesus? I, I read about him in the Bible, but I, I've never seen him. God said that Jesus is going to come back again on Judgment Day. Still waiting. Jesus promises that my sins are forgiven. Well, I, I can't visibly see or feel my, my sins being wiped away. God promises he'll take us to heaven. Well, I'm not there yet, and, and there's no visible evidence that heaven exists. You see, that, that's our problem. We can't see all the good things that God gives us. We can't see them with our eyes. But God, he knew we'd struggle with our vision problem. And so he assures us, what you don't see is what you get. We can let go of all the things we see around us and cling to the unseen rewards of God. Because with faith, what you don't see is what you get. In today's face of faith understood what it meant to give up what he could see and cling to what he could not see. Moses, he gave it all up. He, he had it all. He walked away from it. Ever since the day that Pharaoh's daughter saw him floating down the Nile River in a basket as a baby, ever since then, Moses had been adopted as a member of the royal family of Egypt. The, the land of Egypt, the strongest nation in the world, was at his fingertips. He was a prince of Egypt. His mother, a princess. His grandfather, the Pharaoh. Everything in the kingdom belonged to him and his family. But not anymore. He gave it all up. 
Moses, he refused to be called the son of the daughter of Pharaoh. He refused all the perks that came with that title. Instead, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. Moses chose to take up his true Israelite heritage and give up his adopted Egyptian inheritance. He chose to throw in with the Israelites, the slaves of Egypt. He gave up his comfortable lifestyle, his position of authority, his, his royal title, his access to the king, and all the riches he'd ever need, gone. Because of his faith. His faith in a God who promised that he would deliver Moses' people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt. His faith in a God who promised a Messiah, a Savior, who would come from those people, his people, the Israelites. But none of that had happened yet. Moses didn't see any of it. And really, why would Moses even care about God's promises? He already had everything he ever could have wanted. What he saw is what he got. He was a prince of Egypt. So why did he give it all up? He could have had it all. Why would he exchange the promise of a good life and a secure future in Egypt for the promise of a savior and deliverance for his people out of Israel, out of Egypt? I mean, that seemed like a far-flung fantasy. How, how is that ever going to happen? Why would he exchange what he saw all around him in Egypt for the unseen rewards that God promised to him. How could he make that exchange? Again, by faith. By faith, Moses considered all that Egypt had to offer as nothing but temporary sinful pleasures that he could do without. Moses, he chose to be mistreated along with God's people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses' good life in Egypt seemed so certain, so secure, but he knew it wouldn't last. He knew God's unseen rewards were more valuable than the very visible, very pleasurable things he could have immediately as a prince of Egypt. He gave up what he could see all around him because God promised. Moses, what you don't see is what you're going to get. God gives that same promise to you and me. What you don't see is what you get. Now, maybe it's because I'm not a hero of faith like Moses, but even after hearing Moses' story, I still don't find it all that easy to, to give up what I can see and cling to all the unseen promises of God. It's still hard. Sometimes I'm, I'm kind of tempted to think with this story, you, you know what, Moses, he was really involved with God. I mean, he actually got to see some miracles to back up God's promises to him. Moses got to speak directly with God. He was God's chosen prophet. If I were Moses, I could maybe find the strength to leave behind Egypt as well. But here I am now. Jesus has already come and done all his work. All of God's word is already completed, written down in the Bible. So, so now what? 
I don't get to see any more miracles. I didn't even get to see Jesus. And now it seems like God's not doing much. And we just have to sit around and wait for Jesus to come back. And while we wait, another thought might creep into our head. We might start thinking, maybe living by faith is holding me back from fully enjoying the life I could have right now here on earth. You know, human nature loves instant gratification. Take the, the marshmallow test, for example. So there's, there's a child that sits alone in a room, just a table and a chair in there. A man walks in, and he has a big marshmallow on a tray. He sets it in front of her, and, and, he, and he says, Okay, you can eat that marshmallow at any time you want, but if you wait and you don't eat it, I'll come back eventually with two more marshmallows. And then you can eat all three of them. The man leaves. The child, she waits, staring at that marshmallow. She usually doesn't wait long enough. She has no guarantee she's going to get those other two marshmallows. She doesn't know how long she's going to have to wait for them. And there's that one marshmallow right there, looking tastier by the minute. And, and if she takes the one, at least she'll have one, better than having none, better than waiting around for two other marshmallows she's never even seen that might not even exist. She takes the one marshmallow. Sometimes with God, it can feel like we're sitting in the marshmallow test, doesn't it? Sometimes we might start thinking, is it worth living by faith? Is it worth waiting for all the unseen blessings that God promises? Is it worth trusting that they're all really real? Is, is living by faith holding me back from enjoying that one marshmallow I could have right now. It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? That our faith is holding us back from living our best life right now. As a Christian, you could pretty easily make the case that we don't get to have as much fun as unbelievers do. Think about it. God's Commandments hold us back from indulging in a few certain pleasures that we might want to indulge in every once in a while. And investing some of our time and attention and money in the things we can see in this world, the earthly pleasures, you seem to get a lot more back for your investment, right? Investing in, in amusements and TV shows and merchandise and vacations, you get immediate gratification. Seems like more, seems like better investment than investing time, attention, and money toward God. Think about it. Wouldn't it have been really nice to just sleep in this morning? You could be sitting on your couch in your pajamas right now. Go out to brunch whenever you're ready and still have the whole rest of the day to do whatever you want. The visible, instant Rewarding pleasures of this world, they seem and feel and look so much more real, so much better and certain than the unseen blessings that God promises to give. And there's no denying it, what you can see is what you can get. We live for what is seen. We take the one marshmallow and eating that marshmallow, 
swallowing the sweet pleasures of sin, it is satisfying. But the satisfaction, it ends quickly. It runs out quickly. Moses found that the fleeting pleasures of sin don't stick around. They disappear and you're left still just as empty as you were before. There's no lasting joy in those things. Sometimes we, we want to forfeit the unseen blessings of God in exchange for the very visible, very pleasurable things we could have right in front of us that we see with our own eyes. And we do this because we've got a vision problem. We tend to trick ourselves that what you see is what you get and no, nothing else. So I might as well take what I can while I can take it. I live for what is seen. Take the one marshmallow. Our vision problem's bad. And so God, he gives us the cure for our bad vision. He gives faith. And faith, it's a game changer. Faith lets us see the unseen. By faith, what you don't see is what you get. If faith is not based on things that you can see, if someone tells you to believe something that's sitting right in front of you, that's not faith, it's just knowledge. Faith can only be faith when it trusts in something unseen. And of course, humanly speaking, we can't see anything other than what our eyes are able to see. And so God has to be the one to plant that faith in our hearts. And he does. He creates and strengthens that faith through his word, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper. Those means of grace God uses, they're not flashy. They're not visible in the way we would maybe want them to be, but they're powerful. They take our earthbound eyes, glued to what we can see, and lift them up to see all the great things God has done for us, all the great things God has in store for us. Faith opens our eyes so the invisible becomes visible. And now, by faith, what you don't see is what you get. And the faith God gives to us, it's not built on empty promises and trays of marshmallows. Our faith, it's a reaction to God's action. The actions God performed on our behalf, that's what makes him worth trusting. That's what makes it all worth living by faith for, waiting and looking ahead to those unseen rewards because he gives us Jesus. All our faith centers on Jesus Jesus is our guarantee that all the other unseen rewards of God belong to us too. And, and Jesus knew that we would struggle to focus on the unseen, so he did for us. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, he, he had the whole world at his fingertips. Talk about someone who could have had it all. But never once did Jesus let visible, temporary pleasures cloud his vision from his mission. Not once did he give in to the temptations in front of his eyes. He gave everything up perfectly for us who couldn't. Jesus guarantees all the other unseen rewards of God. 
We don't need to see any other miracles. Jesus is the final miracle. His death and resurrection means no more guarantee is needed. Yes, we, we can't see God. We can't see heaven. But by faith, we see Christ in the pages of Scripture and we see every other unseen reward of God contained in him by faith. Because of Jesus, what you don't see is what you get. Because of Jesus, we can cling to the unseen, just like Moses did. Moses clung to his invisible, unseen Savior that he never got to meet in person in this world. But he clung to Jesus. He clung to Christ. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. The treasures of Egypt were very visible, very real. The promise of a savior was unseen and gave him no immediate visible benefit. All it gave him was a tough path to walk on and disgrace. But Moses considered disgrace for the sake of Christ as priceless, compared even with all the treasures of Egypt. By faith, he could look past the temporary pleasures in front of him and look ahead to his even greater unseen reward. And Moses shows us this, that faith is not going to do what's expected. Right? Moses didn't give up his royal title and the treasures of Egypt because it was the logical thing to do. Notice each surprising thing Moses did, he did by faith. By faith. He didn't even fear the wrath of Pharaoh. By faith, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses couldn't see the invisible one, Jesus, yet. But by faith, he clung to that promise of a Savior. With eyes of faith, Moses lived as if seeing Jesus right in front of him. And God delivered his reward. He delivered the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He delivered them into the promised land. God delivered a Savior for the world through those people. And the Savior delivers the best blessings of all. Forgiveness. Forgiveness even for us with such bad vision problems who look at the wrong places all the time. Forgiveness. And eternal life where we will get to see our God face to face. Where what we see is what we get in heaven. God knew. God knew we'd, we'd struggle with our vision. He knew we'd, our eyes would be glued to what we can see. And so he gave us Jesus the invisible one who makes everything visible. And now, clinging to Christ, we persevere. Just like Moses did. Like a horse with blinders on the, the sides of its face, we can just keep right on going, straight ahead, focusing on Jesus, tuning out the other temporary pleasures that might distract. By faith, I live as if seeing Jesus right in front of me, by faith, I make choices based on the unseen promises of God. By faith, I don't live for what I can see. I live for what I don't see. And that makes for a pretty unexpected way of living. 
But then again, faith does change everything. It did for Moses. It does for us. Amen.